Welcome to Manna for Breakfast, the daily Bible reading devotional which chronologically takes you through the Word of God from Genesis to Revelation in one year. Grab a cup of coffee and your Bible and join us as we journey together through God's Word. All right, good morning, everyone. So, welcome back. I'm in uh, Fredericksburg again at our beautiful location where we're staying out at a farm. It's really a nice, um, beautiful... They have, they have sheep here, and they have some cows, and they have some pigs, and they have all kinds of chickens, and we're just enjoying ourselves. They have a loud train that comes by um, regu- uh, rather frequently, so we might be pausing for a minute if the train comes by. Uh, but anyway, welcome those of you on the audio podcast. Uh, you can't see it, but it's just gorgeous here. Trees in the background, beautiful fields, and uh, we couldn't be happier where we are. So, that being said, let's um, spend some time in prayer and uh, ask the Lord to bless it as we are going to be getting into Psalm seventeen, nineteen, and John 9 today. So, Father, thank you for the blessing that we have come before you. We ask that you would go before us, God, and, and guide us and direct us in our reading today and all the things that we desire to look into. So thank you in Jesus' name. So we will jump right into Psalm 17 this morning. This is another prayer of David as we're moving chronologically through the life of David. He is now king. He's now come back into Jerusalem. He has reestablished his king uh, and trying, of course, to... <laughs> keep the north and the south united as king but he has a lot of foes he has a lot of difficulties and in the midst of all this he writes he pours out his heart before the lord in prayer really writing these psalms psalm 17 says hear a just cause O lord give heed to my cry give ear to my prayer which is not from deceitful lips let my judgment come forth from your presence Let your eyes look with equity. You have tried my heart. You have visited me by night. You have tested me and you find nothing. I have purposed that my mouth will not transgress. As for the deeds of men, by the word of your lips, I have kept from the paths of the violent. My steps have held fast to your paths. My feet have not slipped. I have called upon you, for you will answer me, O God. Incline your ear to me, hear my speech. Wondrously show your loving kindness, O Savior, of those who take refuge at your right hand. From those who rise up against them, keep me as the apple of your eye. Hide me in the shadow of your wings. From the wicked who despoil me, my deadly enemies who surround me, They have closed their unfeeling heart. With their mouth, they speak proudly. They have now surrounded us in our steps. They set their eyes to cast us down to the ground. He is like a lion that is eager to tear, and as a young lion lurking in the hiding place. Arise, O Lord, confront him, bring him low. Deliver my soul from the wicked with your sword, from men with your hand, O Lord. From men of the world whose portion is in this life and whose belly you fill with your treasure. 
They are satisfied with children. They leave their abundance to their babes. As for me, I shall behold your face in righteousness. I will be satisfied with your likeness when I awake. I will jump over to 19 as it's chronologically written, and we'll see if they both coincide one with the other. Psalm 19, the works of the Word of God. For the choir director, a Psalm of David. The heavens are telling of the glory of God, and their expanse is declaring the work of His hands. Day to day pours forth speech, and night to night reveals knowledge. There's no speech, there are no words. Their voice is not heard. Their line is gone out through all the earth and their utterance to the end of the world. In them he has placed a tent for the sun, which is as a bridegroom coming out of his chamber. It rejoices as a strong man to run his course. Its rising is from one end of the heavens to its circuit to the other end of them. And there is nothing hidden from its heat. The law of the Lord is perfect restoring the soul. The testimony of the Lord is sure, making wise the simple. The precepts of the Lord are right, rejoicing the heart. The commandment of the Lord is pure, enlightening the eyes. The fear of the Lord is clean, enduring forever. The judgments of the Lord are true. They are righteous altogether. They are more desirable than gold, yes, than much fine gold, sweeter also than honey, and the dripping of the honeycomb. Moreover, by them your servant is warned. In keeping them there is great reward. Who can discern his errors? Acquit me of hidden faults. Also keep back your servant from presumptuous sins. Let them not rule over me. Then I will be blameless, and I shall be acquitted of great transgression. Let the words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart be acceptable in your sight, O Lord my rock and my redeemer. There was a phenomenal teaching on this at the pastor's conference that we were just at. And the, um, the pastor was, just did a beautiful job in, in breaking this down and, and getting us to open up our minds and our understanding that the heavens and telling of the glory of God and the expanse, there is a proclamation to the world through the word of God that we serve the creator of the universe and that the entire universe shouts and screams of its glory and that the day pours forth speech the night we can we understand the times we live in by the cycle of the sun and the cycle of the moon and when you see the sun rising and setting it is a proclamation that god has brought into our world light out of darkness and he, he's there and he's consistent and he's blessed us with days uh, by which man may live and may seek him and the nighttime with the moon gives us a sense of the of time and the months and we know how to the days that we live in and we also see guidance through the stars and we have an understanding of where we are in the universe and we have an understanding of how massively large the universe is and as we look up in the night we can also again see the glory of god he did not only produce and bring in light into the world he also brought in the expanse of heavens and we know as we look into the night sky that this is not our ultimate home when you look up and see the expanse of heaven you realize there is another dimension to creation and a place where god has called those of us who knew his voice 
to listen and hear and understand that he is uttering forth his presence to the world uh, on a daily basis. And, and then he goes through the whole system of how the world works, and he ties that to the law. He ties that to the words of God, basically saying we see the entire creation speaking of the creator God, and he has come to the world, and he has given us his word, and it's perfect. It restores the soul. This is amazing in the Old Testament. The Old Testament was the thing that gave you guidance, not to lie, not to steal, not to kill, but to love your fellow man, to love the Lord God with all your heart and your soul and your mind. And those precepts, he says, are right, and they rejoice the heart. When you do those things, your heart rejoices. When you focus on the flesh and getting what you can, what the world tells you to do, then your heart is not rejoicing. And you may have a lot of stuff, and you may get ahead, but you find yourself, I should say, lamenting, especially at the end of your life, that the thing that you should have been done doing this whole time is focusing on the things that are of God. So this is why he says the fear of the Lord is clean and endures forever. When you have the fear of the Lord, the respect, the honor, the glory to lift up his name and see him as the creator of all things and follow his word, guess what? You have a clean conscience before the world and you're clean as you stand before the Lord. You're blameless. But there's punishments for those who refuse. So the whole concept of the psalmist of David looking at all this, he says, you know, it, the knowledge of the Lord, the fear of the Lord, and following after precepts are more desirable than gold. And David would have known about gold. David would have known about a lot of gold, have, would have known a lot about wealth. But he says, no, this is what I seek after. So I love Psalm 19. It was the first Psalm as a Christian. Uh, I was exposed to early, early on because I loved the um, wilderness. I loved camping. I loved looking up in the stars. And that's where I felt that God really spoke to me. And I understood that connected, that resonated with me. That yes, as I look up in, in, in the day sky and see that God brings up the sunrise and then the sunset and, and it's a stability and God is there. I understand that he has given us light to live in. And then also the night sky, I understood yeah, God does speak through his creation and I could hear him speaking to me. It just, I needed the word of God to dwell in me to then put it all together and, and then be able to make sense of it all. So, very special psalm. John chapter 9, now picking it up around verse 24. This is the blind man that has just been healed by Jesus. The Pharisees are not happy about this. Questioned his parents. They're trying to figure out some way to connect Jesus to demons, to connect him to something that is uh, not of Yahweh God, so they can condemn him and condemn this blind man as well. So, verse 24 goes on and says, So, a second time they called the man who had been born blind, and they said to him, Give glory to God. We know that this man is a sinner. He then answered, Whether he is a sinner, I do not know. One thing I do know, that though I was blind, I now see. So they said to him, What did he do to you? How did he open your eyes? And he answered them, I told you already, and you did not listen. Why do you want to hear it again? You do not want to become his disciples too, do you? They reviled him and said, Are you his disciple? But we are disciples of Moses. We know that God has spoken to Moses. But as for this man, we do not know him where he is from. This man answered and said to them, Well, here is an amazing thing 
that you do not know where he's from. And yet he opened my eyes. We know that God does not hear sinners, but if anyone is God-fearing and does his will, he hears him. Since the beginning of time, it has never been heard that anyone opened the eyes of a person born blind. If this man were not from God, he could do nothing. They answered him, you were born entirely in sins, and you are teaching us, and they put him out. Jesus heard that they had put him out, and finding him, he said, do you believe in the Son of Man? And he answered, who is he, Lord, that I may believe in him? And Jesus said to him, you have both seen him, and he is the one who is talking to you. And he said, Lord, I believe. And he worshiped him. And Jesus said, For judgment I came into the world so that those who do not see may see and that those who see may become blind. Those of the Pharisees who were with him heard these things and said to him, We are not blind too, are we? And Jesus said to them, If you were blind, you would have no sin. But since you say we see, your sin remains. This is a really interesting part of scripture and is one of those ones you need to kind of parse and take take a, um, a slow approach to as you look into it and, and, and glean the amazing things that are in this. The blind man is healed. He is brought into the light out of darkness physically and these people cannot understand it because they know intuitively that only God could do that kind of a healing. So they're trying to find a way, another way to find it connected to something demonic, something bad. So they, they simply refuse to believe it, which was demonstrating what? Their spiritual blindness. They could not see, meaning they would not see, that Jesus was who he said he was. They want to know, who is this man? How can he heal you? He says, I can only tell you he healed me. And you guys know, he's rebuking and reproving these Pharisees saying, you guys know that that one born blind cannot be healed. And if someone does heal him, it must be of God. And of course, they're upset and say, well, basically, they, they don't like what they hear. So they're saying, you can't instruct us because you were born in sin. That was their concept. Anyone born blind was born in sin. And Jesus had already dealt with that with his disciples. He said, no, that's a misunderstanding of the law. And basically, the, the understanding that this blind man is trying to get across is, look, I mean, how can a child be born a sinner? His parents may be sinners, but the child himself as in sin in that sense. They were, it was going beyond a sin nature, saying you were born sinning as a baby. He says, no, <laughs> I can't do that, not as a baby. So, he rebukes them and and of course, they put him out. And the interesting thing is, Jesus heard that they'd put him out. This is phenomenal. Jesus saw the blind man and felt led to go to him. In his blindness, he saw him. Jesus can see us in our blindness. He knows where we are. But then, when this man was healed physically, and it didn't, it didn't jive, it didn't work for these uh, these Pharisees as a Jew he's put out of synagogue rejected cast out and Jesus wanted again to communicate to these Pharisees that he had come into the world not to judge sinners as they were because they saw people like this blind man as born in sin and sinning and everything the reason why they were suffering in their life was because of their own sin 
Now, he did not come to judge in that sense, to judge people according to their works before um, and, and having them believe their net worth to God was due to their works. But he did come to, to as a judge, to make judgment on sin itself. That sin is what separated man from God and that God was now willing to come in and bring his son to pay the penalty for those sins so that they could now be healed and come and be able to be healed of their spiritual blindness, which was what Jesus was trying to teach through all this. So this is why he, some people say it sounds like he contradicts himself because earlier he said he did not come in into the world to judge the world. And here he says, but he does come to judge. And he's coming as a judge to pronounce that a person like these Pharisees could not consider themselves righteous because of their works. Because they had a sin that was inside them, a blindness that was inside them. So it's just a, a, a clarification on those verses and what Jesus was trying to um, communicate to them. So now if we jump over to Charles Spurgeon to finish off, we will look at um, this day, May 26th, which uses the scripture verse or is based on the scripture verse, Exodus 2325 you shall serve the Lord your God and he shall bless thy bread and thy water what a promise is this to serve God is in itself a high delight but what an added privilege to have the blessing of the Lord resting upon us in all things our commonest things become blessed when we ourselves are consecrated to the Lord. Our Lord Jesus took bread and blessed it. Behold, we also eat a blessed bread. Jesus blessed water and made it wine. The water which we drink is far better to us than any of the wine with which men make merry. Every drop has a benediction in it. The divine blessing is on the man of God in everything and it shall abide in him at every time. What if we have only bread and water? Yet it is blessed, bread and water. Bread and water we shall have. That is implied, for it must be there for God to bless it. Thy bread shall be given thee, and thy water shall be sure. With God at our table, we not only ask a blessing, but we have one. It is not only at the altar, but at the table that he blesses us. He serves those well who serve him well. The table blessing is not of debt, but of grace. Indeed, there is a troubled grace. He grants us grace to serve him. By his grace, feeds us with bread. And then, in his grace, blesses it. Well, Father, thank you for blessing us with your bread and your water. Thank you for giving us, God, more than we deserve. And we know that what we do have is blessed. And help me remember that. Help us all to remember that, God, uh, to be satisfied with what we have and to consider what we have more than we deserve, the blessings, God, that are poured down. But you do say that you bless those who, who are blessing you that come faithfully into your presence. So I thank you for all my brothers and sisters been so faithful to you. And God, I do pray for a continual blessing in their life, that you would continue to meet their needs and even go beyond God, because your word says you can even grant us our, our desires. But 
more than anything, God, we just want to remain faithful and not be distracted by the, by the cares of this world and um, be useful in your kingdom. So thank you for all that you are doing. And we pray for those that are, that are hurting emotionally, those that are having some very, very deep heartaches because of a loss of a loved one or someone who's left um, or abandonment or just trying to figure out, God, their place in the world because of what's going on. God, bring them in. Help them. All those in the churches here and in, in, there in Mexico to be um, reaching out and uh, touching them. Use us, God, that know your love and feel secure in your love and feel overjoyed in our service to you to be those that can help them see the healing that you offer to bring us out of our spiritual blindness. So thank you for this day and thank you for all that you are doing. We love you, God, very much and we thank you for the blessings we have in you. In Jesus' name, amen. Well, thank you guys. We will continue tomorrow. You guys on the audio podcast, thank you for keeping up every single day. And if you're visiting us from the video podcast because of the difficulties we've been having while traveling to stay alive, uh, thank you. Subscribe and keep checking back here if the video live feed drops off on us as we're traveling around and having some hard times with some of the internet speed. So God bless you guys. We will see you again tomorrow at the same time. Anybody on the audio podcast, you want to visit us on calvarypv.com and hit watch live or go to the menu and hit YouTube or Facebook, you'll find us there. So we will see you again tomorrow. Bye-bye.